Hey everybody, it's Microphones of Madness, I'm Rodney, over there Steve. Hey. And uh, today we're kind of kicking around back into the RPG world. I mean, most of our content is related to RPGs in form of actual play. So we figured we'd uh, start taking a look at some RPGs that we have, we've played, we've liked. Blah, 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 yakety schmackety. And this one is Sweeping the Nation. Sweeping the Nation. It cleaned house at the Innies this year, didn't it? Uh, yeah. It, it Not only that, but like a lot of positive buzz, a lot of people, um, at least like the idea of it. Mm-hmm. But um, uh, why don't I'll you... admit that I was one of those who liked the idea of it as well when, it, when I first was introduced to it. All right. So uh, stop teasing everybody, Steve, and let us know what we're looking at. We're looking at a doom metal album of a game. A spiked flail to the face, rules light, heavy, everything else. It is, of course, Mertborg. Yes. Whereas <laughs> a lot of people just like to say Morkborg. Right. Because we're Americans and fuck Yeah, we suck. Fuck them lots. We're Americans and we suck. Um, so this is a Swedish game. From Free League, the same people who gave you um, Aliens role-playing game and uh, things from the Flood. Mm-hmm. So that's it's their jam. It's their jam. Now, you know, yeah, this game gets a lot of hype as being the uh, the Doom Metal RPG, but you know. I don't know shit about Doom Metal. I know enough to know. Uh, right. I've heard enough of it to know that I hate it. <laughs> <laughs> I don't hate it. It's not something I just like toss on. But, you know, if Cannibal Corpse comes on or whatever, I don't mind. Yeah. See, I, I years and years ago, I went to a concert. It was Anthrax, The Misfits, and Cannibal Corpse. And I was there fashionably late so I could miss Cannibal Corpse. Well, Anthrax is definitely the greatest heavy metal band of all time. So, so if if you're not a fan <laughs> of doom metal, uh, the the other way to describe the aesthetic of this game, and it does lean very hard into the aesthetic. Um, if you are a fan of Dark Souls video games, you'll yeah. be a fan of Morkborg. Or Merkboard. Uh, yeah, it's However, definitely got the, actually, that, pronounced. that grimish kind of um, feel to it. Um, it's funny because you have this book, which is what, like, um, including an adventure. Oh, actually, the adventure is numbered differently than the rest of the book. Uh, it's like 70 pages long. Right. This book. There is literally... Um, the maximum amount of information on any given page is maybe like 50 words. Right. <laughs> right. It is very much, uh, kind of reminds me a little bit. I think I mentioned this while we were playing that has kind of like um, heavy metal church, uh, book of the subgenius type of vibe going on. Um, yeah, I could see that. Cause the the art style is is very striking. Uh, it gets a little bit 
uh, difficult at times to, to understand what is going on on the page. Um, they used every font they had in the computer. Every Doom font. Uh, and, and every normal font. Um. <laughs> uh, but it, it is. I mean, I have a black and white printed copy because I bought the PDF and just had it printed out. And Steve over there has the full color hardcover version. Uh, yeah, I got it when um, Freely had like the sale at the beginning of the summer where they offer like 20% off of all their games. So I mm-hmm. picked this and Alien up. Now, we've had a chance to play this twice and it moves fast. Um, each game we've played has been pretty much completed within the two-hour, two-and-a-half-hour time we allot uh, for for playing games. Yeah, yeah, yeah. One, a couple things that stand out. It's simple, so it moves very fast in combat. Uh, it is a dungeon-crawling type of game, so don't expect too much by way of social interaction, although I'm sure you could uh, rule it rather than rules it. Well, you um, totally can. The first half of the rule book, well, not half, mm-hmm. but maybe the first eighth of the rule book, is weird background information. Right. And I say weird because it's it doesn't create a world so much as hint at a world. Mm-hmm. Um, it tells you about the basilisks, who are the, like, eldritch rulers of reality Mm -hmm. and the different kingdoms and how they kind of view the basilisks, but it doesn't really outright tell you it kind of like gives you these like little, little information doses. Mm -hmm. Um, and, and sets up like this, this, uh, it's really, it's a doomed land. Um, there's like a ticking clock for Armageddon. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, and, Everybody is uh, depressed all the time. It's it's 2020, the role-playing game. Right. <laughs> and they, that might account for why it has gotten so much traction. Um, but what they managed to do is they managed to give you this feeling of the world, not the actual world itself. This ain't no Greyhawk. This ain't no Forgotten Realms. Right? It, not every, like, city is detailed and there's not like a zillion splat books it's just enough to go on so the intrepid game master can build on that so yeah you can definitely do role playing in this Mm -hmm. and you know there's a leveling up kind of leveling up system right um so you 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 get more powerful but it's not as much of a power creep as you normally get in these games. Yeah, in fact, in fact, as far as leveling goes, uh, the way the leveling system works, uh, you don't actually power creep. You power fluctuate uh, because it's just as easy to lose bonuses as it is to gain bonuses when you're adva- adv- in character advancement phase. Right, that's, that's true as well. Uh, so uh, once you get up to your max... In fact, once you get up to your max, then you are inevitably going to start declining again. Yeah, the, the only way to go is down. <laughs> right, and then you reach a certain point down, and you can go back up. And then, and it's a constant waxing and waning of of the, your bonuses. 
Well, I don't know how constant it is. I think the life expectancy in this game is not very um, long. Right. Uh, we've played it twice, and we've had one TPK, mm-hmm. which guaranteed it was the first time we played, and it probably could have been avoided um, had we like been aware of everything that we were able to do. Um, but we did have one TPK. And then the second uh, game we played, there was a, a casualty that would be me. You, um, that I guess could have been mitigated as well, but wasn't. Um, and I never, during any given combat, I never felt safe. <laughs> right, right. And, and you know, there, there's really two ways to play. There are a lot of, op- most of this book is taken up by optional rules. Um, you know, you have, you know, vanilla Merkborg is kind of like random character creation. And then you can start plugging in things like classes, um, omens, which are basically luck effects. Uh, that's that sort of stuff. And it kind of changes the dynamic a little bit, but it doesn't really change the gameplay all that much. Um, we've never actually no, and, got to try out omens yet. Uh, no, because that, we keep and, forgetting about them. Yeah, I mean, like, when, whenever you... It's funny, we, this came up in um, the D20 Modern Group I play in because <clears throat> we just leveled up. And we have all these, uh, what, what are they calling in D&D? Hero points. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> stored up that we've never used. Right. <laughs> and it's kind of the same thing. It's like, I never use that ever. <laughs> like when I played D and D as a kid, it was pre three point five, so there, it just wasn't there. You didn't have any of that. You you rolled what you rolled, and that was it. Mm-hmm. Um, you didn't re-roll dice, and I didn't play enough three three point five um, until this D twenty modern game, and it just slips my mind. Now, if we're playing like Fate, I'm all about. Like making sure you how, use that point how economy. to get them fate points, right? right? <laughs> and if I'm playing Call of Cthulhu, I'm all about the you know luck, you mm-hmm. know, getting and spending and all and keeping track of luck. But for some reason, in D twenty games, which this is kind of it, it's not D twenty the system, but it does use a D twenty and it is right. fantasy role playing. In these D twenty games, I never even think about it. Right, right. Uh, you know, and the same happens a lot. You know, even in 5th edition inspiration, we often forget to use that when we were playing Yeah, Bobby. well, that's super optional. <laughs> right, so even though we forgot to use these, these boons of, of omens, uh, we have pretty much, you know, it does... We we weren't missing anything by it. Everything was still super lethal. Uh, there is a uh, there is a menace to Merkborg that uh, really you don't find in a lot of games. Um, even Call of Cthulhu, it might be up there with standard like seventh edition, sixth edition Call of Cthulhu as far as menace goes. I think um, the menace in this game is partly the reputation of the game itself. Mm-hmm. 
and partly um, the fact that you are even I think if you have all of your your stats maxed out, so you're at your you have that plus three bonus to your rolls. It's mm-hmm. not a lot, right. um, and I, so I think that the statistics of the game kind of make you feel powerless. Right, right. Now, one thing that Merkberg uh, Merkberg does, you're going to hear me say it like 50 different ways. One thing that this game does that um, your, your standard 5th uh, edition 5e clones and stuff like that does is it ignores the stat roll. You roll your stats, you get your bonus, and you forget about whatever the that 3d6 roll was. You don't even put right. it on your sheet. It's, um, it's kind of like Mutants and Masterminds. Kind of like Mutants and Masterminds. That way, except that instead of like eight, you know, your bonus is eight. Your bonus right. is like one, maybe. Mm-hmm. If you're lucky, it's one. <laughs> um, also... You know, it's kind of got that um, ICRPG feel where your stats are just bonuses rather than statistics. Um, it does use um, morale and uh, reaction tables, if I recall right. correctly, uh, like some of your OSR Yeah, stuff. I mean, we our first encounter in our second game mm-hmm. uh, could have been like, getting your face eaten off by a rat, but it wasn't. We right. just had a good reaction table with this rat and it didn't attack us. Right. Which is which is yeah. great. It's yeah. it's a very simple four stat system. Each stat has something to do. Uh, you have strength, which is your attack ability. You have agility, which is your defense, presence, which is your ranged attack. And you have toughness, which helps determine your hit points. And that's it. It is, it's quick. You can probably create a character in less than 10 minutes. Yeah, uh, we, we did a session zero, which um, lasted a lot less time than I thought it would. Mm-hmm. <laughs> we were rolling up characters. And it, it literally took, what, like 15 minutes to do? Mm-hmm. And then we were like sitting there holding the bag, like, okay, I planned my whole evening for the sessions. Right, right. Like, okay, it's got to be complicated. <laughs> Look how small the book is. <laughs> but nope, we were done 15 minutes. Well, and, and when we did, when we did Traveler Session Zero, it took like two hours. Yeah. Yeah. A lot of Session you know? Zeros take, took two hours. I mean, uh, you know, there's yeah. usually some type of mechanic you got to get through. Uh, the main mechanic of this game is a almost a GM-less rolling system. Yeah, I think the uh, GM just rolls for damage. Rolls for damage and armor reduction on your opponents. Uh, you have to roll D20 at a target number 12. D20 plus your bonus or penalty against a 12. It's very similar to the 2D6 method of Traveler. Yeah, the uh, modified Traveler method we use. The, uh, that's the Cepheus Mm-hmm. mongoose part comes in right and yeah it, it moves really quick um and it like we said it leans heavily into the aesthetic although it is a little bit tongue-in-cheek i think it leans so hard into the aesthetic that it start bordering on parody 
Uh, and when our APs actually of Morkberg show up, uh, you'll see we kind of like leaned into the parody of it as well. Yeah, but I think, I mean, that's us. Right. But I think, I think that, that the creators themselves. Yeah, well, I, I think, think the you creators could totally play this straight. Yeah. But, you know, rules is written, you know, with uh, random items that you can have being like a quartet of monkeys that love you. I mean, you know, it seems to me that the creators are kind of like their tongue was firmly in their cheek when creating this, almost to the point where they are either taking the piss on something they really enjoy. Possibly. The other option there is that the translator, Mm -hmm. because this is originally written in Swedish, right? right? So the translator for, for the English version could have made it more tongue-in-cheek than it actually is. Possibly. Possibly. But we are talking about a European game company, and Europeans, man, they they love a good uh, tongue-in-cheekness. Yeah, but you, if you read the um, the rules to Alien, that, it's, that well, is brutal. Well, it's Alien, so okay, well, maybe, maybe Merkborg... <laughs> Maybe Merkborg was kind of the response to Alien, the way, you know, you're in that world of Alien and you're trying to think of it and, and, and craft a play experience that's similar to probably just the first two films. I haven't seen the rule book, so I couldn't tell you what the what it really feels like. Um, but, you know, it's like, okay, well, let's do something. Let's do Doom Metal Fantasy you know, and we'll do this in such a way where we're blowing off steam from, you know, the the gravity of Alien. Yeah, I mean, it's well, it's definitely a different team that worked on this than mm-hmm. Alien. That's for sure. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, the copyright is from a cult. Uh, I'm not even going to try and pronounce that. Ertmaster Games. <laughs> 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 and so, the Stockholm sure, Cartel, right? The, and I'm the sure, greatest, um, the greatest uh, Swedish hip hop group ever, Stockholm Cartel. Yes. That hip hop. <laughs> um, you know, so I'm sure that Free League is just the um, American you know, distributor, or the people who who right. put the money down for for the backing or whatever. It was a clear black night. <laughs> Yeah, I don't know if this was kickstarted or or what. Um, but that being said, uh, the culture, I guess, around this publisher is really freaking cool. Mm-hmm. Um, and now I don't know if you've read the the, uh, the um, what do you call it? Um, uh yeah hey mind fart uh fan creation rules uh no i have not ah um what do you call that the um not copyright the open rules. open content stuff yeah the open content stuff um it basically says do whatever you want mm-hmm. uh no racism right <laughs> you know no sexism don't get don't too be, doom metal into this. Don't be a douche. No, don't go black metal. Uh, don't go black doom metal. metal. Don't go black metal. Um, don't be a douchebag, right? Respect people. 
um, and you can't use their, you know, copyrighted fonts. Wow. <laughs> I mean, it's like super open. It's just like, don't be a douche and do it. Yeah, the but there's so want. damn many fonts in this book. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, no. I'm sorry. They're trademarked. Oh, the, um, like, the hand so you, yeah, you have like the 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 way it's written on the cover, like kind of like graffitiesque, graffiti graffitiesque kind of way, and then you have the uh, I don't know what they call that doom metal tree branch oh. font. Yeah, that you can't you can barely read. <laughs> you can't read. You can't read anything. You know, like 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 the kids do. But you can always um, so, do your your own. I mean, people do those types of like yeah. metal. So fonts. so you know they, they have their they want to protect the branding, which mm-hmm. is which is reasonable, and they want to protect the reputation of the company. They don't want to be associated with assholes. So right. there you go. And which the is world pretty is damn cool. Assholes. Yes. Yeah. Which is pretty damn cool. And they're not saying if you're an asshole, you can't produce material. They're saying if you're an asshole. Don't make it show up on the page. But really, if you're an asshole, just go with uh, Lamentations of the Flame Princess. <laughs> I kind of get the feeling that, well, maybe not. I don't know enough about them. I was going to throw them under some um, hypothetical bus, but I don't know enough about their corporate culture. Besides I'm driving that, that bus, motherfucker. <laughs> you know, We're up on the side that, running full. I, I, I just... I do know that, like, the guy who runs it is kind of a heel. <laughs> right. And But I don't know, like, how open they are to, you know, people creating and what their rules are. And, and frankly, I don't really give enough of a shit to look into it. Because now, this is a much better um, system that kind of accomplishes a similar thing. Mm-hmm. Right, right. It, it does scratch that kind of dark fantasy itch. Um, almost, it's almost kind of a dark fantasy sword and sorcery, given that uh, magic is super lethal uh, to the caster. Yeah, it's so, got that. Like, well, that's like so, something that kind of has been trending in a number of games, mm-hmm. uh, including Lamentations of the Flame Princess has uh, tables like that. Dungeon Crawl Classics has um, that big freaking book. Right. <laughs> Half of those pages are, are spell burn tables. Mm-hmm. What happens to you when you uh, critically fail a, a casting a spell? And I think they have them for each different spell that you can cast. Right. Now, now isn't that in those in spell burn and stuff like that? Isn't that a callback to. Uh, uh, wild magic from I think it's Dragonlance or something like that. Maybe I never played Dragonlance, yeah. but it, I mean, correct us if sense. correct us if I got that wrong. And it it, it kind of does make sense that like you have all these evil wizards that look like like hell. Mm. <laughs> How Literally. do they get that way? How do they get that way? Mm-hmm. Well, you know, think back to. To um, episode three of Star Wars, right? Uh, yeah. So, so really, given that you know the the not want really emphasizing uh, magic the way say D anD D or some of the uh, retro clones of D anD D 
do. They, they get that kind of Tolkienian and Vancean magic. A Tolkienian universe, Vancean magic. This this is almost kind of scratching that sword, old school sword and sorcery mix. Um, where you're yeah. kind of like Conan. Uh, you're like Conan's sickly brother. Right. <laughs> <laughs> you're the... You're the guy that got eaten by the spider, right? When you're he was climbing the the tower, right? You're the you're the supporting character in a Robert E. Howard story, and you know, and it does it, it feels that thing where you know, yeah, your enemies are going to be powerful magic users who have sacrificed all their humanity um, toward these dark purposes, and you know, you you as adventurers out there trying to make a coin or two are, are the ones that really are kind of like trying to bring some kind of light back into the world yeah. or just it, make a living. Right. Well, it's kind of got like that dark dungeon, right. Feel to it. Or um, even like there's this uh, Cody Goodfellow novel. Um, I want to say the kindly ones, but that's not it, but it's a right. similar Mm-hmm. Uh, that kind of has that that it, that aesthetic of just like uh, complete and utter, just downtrodden world. Right, right. In fact, um, you know, you brought Cody Goodfellow into this, and and therefore kind of segged it into weird fiction. Um, oh, Merkborg uh, could easily also be adapted very well into like a King in Yellow type of scenario, with Carcosa being one of the cities of this doomed world. Yeah, I guess you could. I mean, if you didn't want to go with like the whole doom metal and stuff like that, you could go with something a little bit more romantic, but still dark and full of entropy. Yeah, and the thing I like about this is it's not setting specific. Mm -hmm. Parts of it are. Um, If you want to go into the different um, classes for more for lack of a better term. Right. Um, some of those are kind of tied into the setting. Mm-hmm. But if you just roll up a generic generic character, it's not tied into the setting at all. You know, right. if you if you decide you don't want to, like, have them use the backgrounds provided, you know. So, I mean, yeah, you could, as with any role-playing game, save RuneQuest, apparently, you can... Um, ignore the the flavor material mm-hmm. and use your own uh, metal world let's say you want to do thrash metal <laughs> right yeah you want to you want to make a you want to make a role playing game about uh, the Dio era of black sabbath <laughs> uh, that probably is straight up D&D <laughs> is it yeah <laughs> Uh, pretty sure that's pretty straight up D and D. Dio, if I think of like any heavy metal singer that is straight up D and D to me, it's fucking Dio. It's Dio. <laughs> Maybe like those European dragon, um, dragon force. force. Yeah, but Dio did it first. I mean, right. like Rainbow and shit. Rainbow had a song. <laughs> A wizard building a tower using slaves, so mm-hmm. he can so he can fly or reach the you know reach out to the um, stargazer, which actually 
little bit of trivia is the basis for uh, Lamentations of the Flame Princess module. Ah, interesting. Now, would you call Merkborg OSR modern no. or like a hybrid? I would call it, um, I wouldn't call it OSR because it doesn't use um, that D&D engine. Mm-hmm. It, it, you know, it doesn't use it at all. Well, I mean, it's not a, it's not a retro clone, but you know, is, is the vibe closer to some of the, the vibe, the vibe kind of is because it it is a dungeon crawlish kind of game. Right. But I don't know if I call it OSR Mm -hmm. uh, because you have plenty of, of, of games that ape, not only that vibe, but like kind of, how that shit works mm-hmm. you know and this just you're rolling a d20 uh, but it's it could have easily have been 2d6 you know right 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 well i mean it's definitely strays very far from uh the 3.5 and 5e clones that are out there yeah so so maybe somewhere in the middle between the modern and the old school kind of system. Yeah. It kind of sits because it includes some mechanics from old school and it's streamlined like a lot of modern stuff. So maybe somewhere in between. Yeah, maybe it's pretty unique. Mm-hmm. That's, that's one of the appeals to it. Uh, we were talking about musical influences. Uh, there's also a genre of music that is, linked to doom metal called dungeon synth which is like a, um they try to use old analog synthesizers to make these songs it feels like you're playing an old dos dungeon crawling game <laughs> uh and there is a of there is an official Merkborg album that actually i listened to while uh while reading through the book a couple of times is it any good I like it, but you know, I I, I like electronic music, so you know, so it, it's kind of like that that hybrid of like new wave and chip tunes and stuff like that. So if you're kind of into that, you might like Dungeon Synth, but you know, I like it, and you know, I actually like it better than Doom Metal. <laughs> That's funny. Um, I also created a Pandora station with like Black Sabbath and Iron Maiden and stuff like that on it, really, because that gets me more hyped up from Morkborg than anything else. Yes. Yeah, so, well, I mean, you would, I would actually consider Black Sabbath and Iron Maiden to be part of the OSR um, genre in terms of soundtrack to to games, right? Well, yeah, but still, but, it, it but works. The, King, the Kings, which would be Rush. Right. I, I don't know. Like Rush, Rush strikes me, Rush strikes me more uh, D&D. Star Frontiers or something like that. <laughs> the old Battletech. <laughs> they have more of a science fiction kind of vibe to them than uh Yes, than a but everybody vibe. listened to Rush. That's, that's well, like every, everybody listened to Rush. Right. 
And if you don't, you should. <laughs> That's true as well. All right, so that uh, that wraps it up for our look at Merkborg. As the, the Merk and the Berg. That's right. Uh, keep an ear out for for our actual play episodes of Merkborg. Um, we will be doing a an original dungeon by our very own Nick Nicario. He, there you uh, go. he got one to put together, and we'll be playing that in the next couple of weeks or so here. And you you won't hear it for another year because Traveler's going to take Traveler's taking forever. No. Um, yeah, so there it is. And next week, or next couple of weeks, uh, we'll be looking at another in a line of uh, newer uh, RPGs, Stripped independent down. type of games. And we'll be looking at Mothership. Yes. Another dark RPG that takes more of the sci-fi horror. So if you're into Event Horizon, Alien, stuff like that, you can you can jump into that one. But we'll be covering that one next time. And yep. until then... Keep 30 luck points. Or remember, or remember to use your omens. Use your omens. <laughs> D2 omens per day. All right. Catch y'all later.